What is going on, everybody? It's Armstrong FC back in for another episode of FUT Live today with Joey and Felix. We're coming off the back of the first weekend league of the year. Um, I did not participate in the weekend league. I didn't, I didn't play enough rivals ahead of time to even qualify, but I did play a lot of my rivals games this weekend, so I'm up around Division 2 and um, there, so I'll be playing weekend league probably next weekend. But the boys did play, so before getting further, how did it go weekend league for you guys? Man, I don't even know what to say about this weekend league, to be honest. One of the worst performances from my end to start off weekend league i actually went eight and four to start on my main team i couldn't believe it um one thing which we're going to talk about later the teams i came up against and in the first 10 games were unreal i mean everybody seemed to have mbappe ronaldo neymar on their teams and i felt out teamed every single game but that's not even an excuse i just did not play well at all and i had a lot of issues and I'm sure Felix is going to say the same thing with the issues he had with people parking the bus and countering. I had a lot of problems playing against those types of players. Um, and I just even just right at, right before we started this pod, I just played against a pro player in division rivals and it was a very tight game. So those aren't the players I struggle against. I struggle against those people who just play one dimensional and they get through one or two times and they seem to score, and I can't break down their defense. So for me, attacking, uh, I definitely need improvement in attacking. I'm going to have to practice a lot this week in Division Rivals. But I did end up finishing 22-8, and eight, which is gold one, which I rarely ever finished gold one last year when I played. Like That was having a really, really bad weekend last year. So I still managed to somewhat salvage it. And then on an RTG account, I got gold one with a 200K team. So I have no clue how I got gold one with a 2 million coin team. Maybe it's because I've got Lewandowski as my striker and he just doesn't work in weekend league. People have cracked defenses. He just, he's just not good enough in, in weekend league to use him as the main lone striker. Um, and I kept switching up different formations, different tactics, different things. I, I just was, was clueless on what I was doing uh, to try to break down someone's, you know, 10 men in the box. It was really, really difficult. So I'll have to go back to the drawing board. I've been binge watching pretty much FIFA analyst and, and a whole bunch of guys on, on YouTube and, and Twitch to see what I can do to improve it. But I will be making changes to the team. I think my team was a huge, huge letdown against some of the teams I came up with. But again, not an excuse, just an adjustment that I'm going to have to make. Did you play 60 games this weekend? I actually did. So here's here's how I actually I am mental. So here's here's what happened. I was planning only to play 30 on on from Friday to Sunday, but it got extended. And on Saturday, the baby woke us up at like six, five thirty or six in the morning. And then my wife and the baby went back to sleep. So I was awake alone from I don't know, like six thirty until nine thirty. So I banged out fifteen games on the main account. And I was sitting around, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to see what I can do on my other account. So I quickly made a team with the coins I had, um, and I already qualified on another account. So I quickly made a team, hopped in, and went like 6-0 and right away. And I'm like, how am I playing better with this squad? I, I don't know if it was matchmaking, or maybe I was just relying on, on certain things that I don't rely on with a cheaper team. For example, five-star skills, like... I felt like I was relying on the running scoop turn too much on my main team. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I just played better on, on my 200K squad, but I did end up playing 60 games, which is probably I'll never do again, but uh, I just had time this weekend for somehow. 
I think the running scoop time is actually not that strong this year, to be honest. I I think I'm gonna have yeah. to agree with that because I was trying I'm, I was trying to use it over and over again. <laughs> I think if I just had left stick dribbled, uh, bless you. Um, I think <laughs> I think I would have been in a better. <laughs> But yeah, I was watching you stream, and I remember I messaged you. I was like, I can't wait till Felix goes through exactly what I went through. And the games you lost on the day you were trying to clutch up Elite One were the exact type of games I was losing, where the guy controls the center defensive mid, runs around, and just they just pack the middle, and they, they have everyone sitting back, and then they'll counter you a few times. I don't know how to beat it. I, I, I need to figure out how I can beat that somehow, some way. There's a couple things that I'm, I'm, I mean, I lost to two pros this weekend. I finished 20, what, 24 and 6 after I went um, 19 and 2 to start. So I massively collapsed. But literally, I lost to two pros, which was fair enough. And then I lost to myself four times. Because the, the average level of opponent I came up against was incredibly low, I think. I've, I've never had such an easy weekend in terms of the level of player I come up against if you exclude those two professional players. And it's just mad how much the game helps you and how easy it is to stay in and rig your way through this year. Because like you said, you just play one depth, drop back, one width, best as well. There is no gaps. There is no way to break through. It's so hard to craft a chance if, if they just... Let the AI hold hold their position, because if they are on drop back and sit as deep as possible, they're not going to drop back any further. So there's not going to be any spaces, and you just try and work the ball left to right and left to right. It's like handball going round the round in a circle back and forth, trying to find gaps, and nothing opens up. And eventually, you you try and do something, try a skill move, try a pass combination, whatever, and you lose the ball. And oh god, one long through ball to the striker, and then one two ping pongs between the front three or whatever it is depending on the formation they're running and the the biggest problem i'm having is the fact that the tackling system is broken the interception system is broken and the player collision system is broken because you you're in the passing lane right right ahead of the attacker and they make an a pass what you would think would happen or should happen that your defender gets the ball because he's right there so you should intercept it and walk away with it what tends to happen at least 50 percent of the time if the pass doesn't get auto corrected to the back or to the front which is an entirely different topic all by itself the pass assistance but what tends to happen is the attacker somehow bundles through the defender like gets three bounces i've had a i've conceded a goal where um Ben Yedda literally rammed his knee up my Desai's bumhole, and apparently that's not a foul. Like he literally trucked right into him, kneed him in the ass, and Desai fell over, and Ben Yedda was in on it, and the refs just like, no, that's fine, I'm cool with that. And it's just so annoying to defend those counters because of the way the passing is, not only because of pass assistance in in general, which is as present as ever. It's just the way the through balls work as well. Like you bomb them down the wing, you bomb them up front. They're so accurate from even like subpar passes it makes it really hard i think i figured out the lanes that the game tends to choose so i'm getting better at that but eventually one or two of these counter-attacks are going to work and when you chase the game against park the bus good fucking luck to you because i can't beat it it's incredibly annoying yeah i i can't beat it either it, it's something an aspect of my game i have to improve for sure it's, it's just trying to figure out how to score against them and i know it's possible because you see 
I know they're pros, but even the top level players, like you can see Aubrey, I know he's not a pro yet, but you know, he was able to, to uh, get away with a 28 and two finish with a three, five, two and with a subpar team as well. So even just that, you know, it, it shows you that it's definitely possible to, to break down these guys. So I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board and, and figure it out. But I, one thing that I, I was making a lot of mistakes on from a defending side, even though my defending is a lot better than my attack, from a defending side, I'm pulling my defenders into position to make interceptions, like you said. But making interceptions is actually causing you to leave gaps open because it's auto-correcting the passes. So I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to see, watch a few videos. I've been watching a few videos on YouTube from, from the pros like Zalonius and Jambu and all those guys to see how they defend. A lot of them are saying just I know, really I know how they defend. Um, yeah, they run back. They run they back. They don't, they don't play aggressive. I can't play that way. I'm a very... They, they play one depth. I mean, oh, you, you saw Jambu's video, innit? Yeah. So yeah, one depth. I can't play like that. I will concede more playing on one depth. Believe it or not, I will concede more... Uh, than I do playing on six depth. I, I I have to have high depth, aggressive defending, and trying to intercept passes and things like that. I play better that way. The second I play low depth and try to wait for people to make a mistake, I can't do that. Um, surprisingly, I, I didn't have much problems with possession hoarding. And Rob, I know you didn't play weekend league, but weekend league, excuse me, uh, you've been playing division round. Have you had, have you guys had position hoarding issues with people? Cause I actually haven't come up against people keeping possession. No, yeah. I mean, Felix played more weekly, but I, I brought it up in the uh, last week's episode that, that I'm not a big possession guy outside. Like, cause especially I was playing the four and two and two to start the year, but I was dominating possession and I still 60% for someone like me who has even fast built up on the three, five, two. Now I'm over 60% possession every single game I play. Obviously that'll change if I go into weekend league and start playing some players way better than me. But um, overall, I, yeah, I, I dominate possession more than anything. I've got a lot of possession as well. It's not like some people don't try. There's a couple of games where it's pretty 50, 50, but most, most of the players, you know, because counterattacks are so OP, a lot of the players don't want to play possession, and those who do, I don't know, because I've got a similar play style. I, I mean, I'm not a ball hogging like the midfielder or the defence, which some people do, because like I want to score goals. So most of my possession is in the final third. Yeah, I've got um, a similar play style to you after I watch you this weekend. Yeah, uh, I think that's why we both struggle. We both off. struggle against the same thing. We both struggle yeah. against the people controlling that one CDM and roaming around waiting for you to make a mistake. And I, I play very similar to how you play. Um, one, one conversation that has been brought up on Twitter just before the pod was like introducing second man press and that would help out with possession hoarding. But now that I've think about it, maybe at the top level, like the top, top level, second man press would probably be good to add on. But I don't know, what, how do you guys feel? If they, if they add or improve second man press, do you guys think that parking the bus just becomes even that much better? Like that's what I I don't know how they're gonna efficiently add something in that's going to work and not break something that much more. It's not gonna help against park the bus. It's gonna help against uh, possession. Park the bus. Like what? What does um, second man press help you try and beat park the bus? Nothing at all. The only thing no, you can no, do is try saying... and work on um, press after possession loss to try and win the ball as early as possible after you've lost it. But it depends on the scenario because that ends up costing you as well, depending on how you lose the ball. When you lose the ball and they, they can literally get it out of their feet straight away and your team is running up to try and press because they've lost the ball. 
you're even more vulnerable to the counter. But when you lose the ball and they have to turn and make a couple of passes to even get out their defence in the first place, then it can be really strong to catch them on on the back foot and you know. Well, my my, I change. I'm switching the topic because I'm thinking just overall with how weekend league went, right? We didn't come up against much possession hoarders, but a lot of people have been saying to introduce second man press. But now that I think about it, the big issue here is park the bus more than the possession hoarding for the majority of the people that are playing. Yes. At the top level pro versus pro, maybe the possession hoarding becomes an issue, but for, you know, people who are, let's say competitive or average players like yourself, me, Rob, who play, I think the parking the bus, quote-unquote, meta is a bigger issue than the possession uh, hoarding. It, it is by far because, I mean, we, we've talked about team press and constant pressure. It is so stupidly broken that you can easily whack it on and give possession players trouble because it's actually not easy to get past it. So you, so you can do that to try and circumvent it, which, I don't know, fighting one broken thing with another broken thing is not the issue. Uh, it's not the, the solution, in my opinion. That's an entirely different topic, but the park the bus meta 100% is the biggest problem. Park the bus counterattack. It's all people do. Like, I don't know how many of my games. There, there was a couple people that tried to attack and tried to play a balanced game and it blew them out of the water. But as soon as someone parks the bus, it's literally a lottery. Whether you win, whether you lose, whether you get rigged on the counter or not is insane. I think part of the problem why this is so effective this year is, well, there is this. As always with EA, there is not just one problem caused by one thing. There is one massive problem caused by many things. And with the park the bus, I think one of the main issues is the amount of blocks, especially from the AI. Ooh. I've seen some clips on Twitter like, what? They literally dislocate their hip and their knee and their ankle to make a block at the same time. And they come they come flying in from the halfway line like Superman to deflect your shot for a corner or just block it out for a throw-in or whatever. It's insane. I don't mind it as much when the player is controlling it, but I feel like the, the reach on the blocks is outrageous. And, uh, I 100% agree. Yeah, and another thing that adds to the park the bus being, being so good is, well, this, this is a minor thing, but sometimes the players just take really bad touches under no pressure as well. That fucks you up. You've got a problem where this year the most effective skill moves seem to be those where you explode into space. The what what do we say? The running scoop turn, for example, is not that strong this year because you don't get that much of a speed boost from it. But the elastico, for example, stronger than ever. The sprinting fake shot is really good. We've got the bridge dribble, which is absolutely outrageous if you use it right. So I'm having a bit of problems with that because of my controller remapping, but I'm trying to work on that. Well, you know, it's funny you say use it right because everyone that uses it doesn't use it the way it was it was meant to be used. They use it for a speed boost, not to beat a defender. Oh, I, I mean, you can absolutely use it for a speed boost. That is perfectly fine, depending on the scenario. Have you been watching um, Impact stream at all? I just started watching him today. He does it so often, and he does it so well. Pay attention to his bridge dribbles, and uh, Clutch figured it out as well. And he he put a clip on Twitter where he played a draft and literally scored four goals from the bridge in one game. It is broken beyond belief, but not against Park the Bus, because it is a skill move where you explode into space. And with Park the Bus, there is no space to explode into, because everything is so compact and narrow and deep 
There's no space behind the defence and there's no space between the defenders. And that is the issue. You've got no gaps to play through. Even if there is one, the AI blocks, is they're so strong. You can't do anything. It's insane. I, I thought of something that might work against it. Um, because as we all know, last year we had the problem that even balanced defensive tactics seemed like drop back when you kept the ball for long enough. And I think that contributes to the issue as well this year. So what I wanted to try and do is play a 4-4-2 with, with really good width. And when I notice, oh shit, I'm stuck, I can't break him down. Literally reset, go back to my defence, even pass it to the goalkeeper or something. Keep it in my defence for a, for a second or two. Just to let his team naturally push up a little bit to see if that if that happens. I don't know if it happens because I've never tried it, but it's a thought I had. I want to see if they if they come out of their defense and push up, and then they can try and abuse the wings and abuse the broken RB crosses. It's not something I enjoy doing, but if it helps beat Park the Bus, then I'm probably going to have to do it. Honestly, I think I, I, I either saw Stallion do that or Aubrey do that, but I believe um, I believe he did that. Rob, are, you're in Division Two or Division One. You cut out. Ooh, sorry. Do you have you come up against the same type of players in Division Two, or what do you what are you coming up against? Not really. Uh, it's it's hard to say because I think probably, but you guys are also coming up against Park the Bus players that also are competent at the game. Like they're not like as much as you want to say they're bad players. They're you mean no, no, they're no. bad in the sense that they're worse than you. Um, like I was watching when Felix was streaming this weekend, like that guy that you should have won that game, but he was part of the bus counterattack. I think it was like four counterattack goals or like three counterattack goals and one kickoff goal. Like, yes, he's a bad player in terms of you, but like, I'm still on my way up because I just haven't played like the, the game enough. So I haven't hit my level where I'm, I'm coming against people at the same level as me. So even if they're parking the bus, it's still so easy to break down because they're so far beyond like behind my level and they're just not very good at the game. I think that this year specifically, I was saying this. Um, to someone because they're like uh isn't discord and they they got to division one or they're like right outside division one but they were struggling and they got gold three or whatever they were at one point i think like seven and seven in weekend league um this year more than any year i think that it's so easy to get to division one that i'm still being still in division three two i think i think i'm technically division three but i'm like right there on division two i just i, I said i haven't played enough rivals games um it's so easy to get to Division One that your rivals games aren't even good practice unless you guys are at your level because I I haven't really struggled with the drop back and all that stuff because even if I play against it they're just so bad they're not even there's just no chance they're gonna even counter me um and I haven't really faced it so I I, I after watching Felix this week I I can see the big difference on what I'm playing against first what you guys were dealing with this weekend and probably yeah, in Division One I imagine. I think it's the width that makes a massive difference as well, because the, the narrower they defend, the more difficult it is in combination with the depth. If you defend really high and really narrow, it's a piece of piss, because you can just spam the wings. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you're going to have to cut inside, because, you know, central is where the goal is. And if they're just sat literally within the boundaries of the 16-yard box, or 18-yard box it is, sorry, nowhere to go. So if you just sit narrow, clock the centre, you literally got the Great Wall of China in front of your goal. You can't get through. Everything's going to get blocked. Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's five two is the way. It right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was asking if you had problems with any anyone. I actually, I, I I will say uh, Felix saying that is huge because I I I have so much use. Like they don't score or assist technically, 
But, like, I have Zaha and Lucas as my left and right mid in a 3-5-2. And the amount of times I use them as outlets to get me down the field and, and, and towards the box. And then it's usually, they'll be out wide. They're going to have to play one pass either to the top of the box or into the box. And then it's, like, an extra pass to score because, because of the clogging. But um, the, the use of, like, those outside mids is massive. And then especially, obviously, if I'm playing, I, I don't mind them committing forward. Uh, because I know I'm not going to hit the counter behind. And if I do, I guess I have three defenders back technically still. Yeah, I mean, likely in Diddy as well in the middle. See, you, I think I'm gonna have to. I did try a, the three-five-two for a few games, but my team is just not set up for it. After I had I had lost so many times in the first ten games, and again, in in the past since FIFA 17, I have never dropped that many games in the first ten. And I was checking Twitter. I was like, dude, am I am I like really coming up against people that are just that good this early? But a lot of people seem to be struggling and not necessarily the pros. The pros are going to be the pros. Like obviously they're going to hit the 28s, 29s and 30s, but some of the content creators who normally get the elite ones right away seem to not be doing as well. I checked a nine. I think he ended up uh, with 23 or 24 wins on his, on his uh, pay to win squad. Um, a few other guys, I think rated Hugo. He ended up not doing as well as he would have liked. So there were a few few people still struggling, and I think it was a combination of of still learning the game. But after I had dropped that many games in the first ten, I completely started experimenting. So I tried the three five two. I tried the four one two one two narrow. I tried four two three one. What really seemed to work best for me as soon as I hit fifteen wins was the four three three two. So the same. I think Japes was using that this this weekend, and he got elite two with it. But that's that the one I've been enjoying in draft as well. It's good. Yeah, the four three three two seemed to be the most effective for me, and that's what I went on my win streak to actually end up trying to even save this weekend and hit gold one because it was it looked really really bad. I thought I was going to end at like gold two at one point. Right, we laugh about that, but that, even though it's not necessarily a terrible thing to to end up with, but I'm not used to being this bad this early. Usually, I can squeeze out elite threes the first weekend, but uh, I think. I'm going to build a 4-3-3 team and just stick to my roots and go back to seeing how that does next weekend. Scoldy got um, Elite 1 with that exact formation. I know, I know, I know he did. I saw that, I saw that. So I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can make it work. And I, I have to, I wanted to boycott Mbappe and Neymar um, just because everyone uses them, but I think you can't go with without at least one of them on your team. It just feels like I'm at such a disadvantage. Yes, I know people have gotten elite one in 28s or whatever with with a 200k team. I get it. I'm not that type of player, but without having those on your team, I just feel like at such a disadvantage when I come up against them all the time on weekend league. Everyone has them. This is strange, man. It's really annoying because I, I feel like. The, the issue is me more than anything because I just get frustrated when I can't break people down and score goals. I get frustrated and I make stupid mistakes. I try dumb skill moves I shouldn't be trying. I rush my defenders out of place. I, I just need to try and keep my composure. And, you know, if I have to have 90% possession of the ball, then so be it. I, I don't care. If somebody wants to play that way, I'm going to play that way. I'm done. I'm not going to park the bus or anything, but I'm I'm going to play the sweatiest, nonciest game you could think of in terms of possession. And I don't I don't give a shit. I'm done getting rigged by counterattacks and park the bus. It's happened so often in not only in weekend league and rivals as well. In draft, it happens as well. It's insane. And one thing I'm really scared of is I, I don't know. Have you guys read the patch notes of the one that's going to come? Uh, I've not read about it at all. If I'm honest, but. 
from what I've heard, the biggest thing seems to be that the Elastico is going to get nerfed, so it's going to be slower. It did get nerfed. I, I don't know if they're addressing anything else, but that worries me because they're taking away one of the better tools to break down Park the Bus before they address the Park the Bus issue. I think they'll think address it. It's the wrong way around. I think they'll end up addressing it. Um, I think I think to. one way or another. The, my only worry is everything is done with data and not necessarily complaints. So if they go, they're going to look at data. Okay, how many people are actually playing Park the Bus? How many people are actually doing X, Y, and Z? How are people losing? Like They don't do things necessarily by complaints or feedback from the community. They do things based on data which yeah, it's not the 100 percent correct way to go about things if you ask me because the, the 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 data they're looking at i don't know how they're collecting it or if it's just if they separate between game modes skill levels and all that stuff or if they just look at the, the big picture because you need to differentiate just because nobody in division three or lower uses park of us or whatever doesn't mean it's not an issue Even oh yeah you know, it's, it's just the, like like Nepo said it last year, wh whenever it was the nipple effect, isn't it? We're just too small of a percentage may be affected by the issue that they think is not worth it, but it's, it's well, stupid. Yeah. To, and I'll, to I'll bring up the, the Fault Weekly pod that they did with the gameplay producers again. And if you haven't listened to it, I highly suggest you do. But they felt that there were, uh, how do they say, I forgot how they put it. But essentially, they didn't see as big of an issue as people had mentioned with the low-scoring games because they, their data showed that there were people scoring a lot of goals. But at the very, very high level, we're talking about the pro level. Yes, the games were were stale. So th from their from their analytics that they were looking at, they thought there wasn't as as a uh, big of an issue with the the whole people you know, sitting back deep and not scoring enough goals. So I don't know. I, I think analytics going based on just analytics is flawed, but I'll have to see with throughout the year how they'll do. But one thing is I am, despite of all the things that we said, I'm not going to blame the game though. I'm not going to blame the game or the, the way people play or anything like that. I'm actually looking at ways at how I can get better this time around. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to sit here and, and say, the game rigged me, the game, uh, people play a certain way and this and that. Yes, obviously that's why I didn't have as good of a result as I would have liked to. But I think this time around, I'm going to look at what I can do to try to improve. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, one thing that came up like kind of before you, you started talking on that, um, when you're talking about the Mbappes and the Neymars, and something that you and I specifically talked about on Twitter um, because you were confused by it after weekend league is this is the most stacked team weekend league um, for week one, obviously that you've ever played against. Um, I got to just watch it from on Twitch and stuff like that from watching Felix and a couple other people play, but game after game, even in the first 10, first 15 games, you you saw the Mbappes and Amars, how many Ronaldo's you saw um, just the big time players and, and the stacked teams. How many, te how many people had multiple icons in the team at the stage in FIFA, which is, um pretty rare outside of your big content creators or your pro players because pros have to spend that kind of money to to even compete so i don't know if you want to take it from there joey because you you're the one that brought it up on twitter but um well, why why do you why do you think this is the most i don't know team weekend league i i don't know i was gonna so ask far. you I, I brought up some reasons but i don't even know if those are correct or did they tell the whole story did they tell half the story but 
Well, I'll tell you guys this. So my team is roughly, I think, well, since the market's been crashing every day, that's a topic of its own, but the market's been just crashing every day. I think now it's probably... We are back for FUT21, and so is the sponsor of the podcast, CardsPlug.com. CardsPlug.com will give you a real-life FIFA card to hang up on your wall or just to have by your bedside or next to your gaming setup. For me, I have them next to my gaming setup, uh, waiting for my uh, man cave to set it up on the wall. But they are very nice, very high-quality, thick cardboard. I have mine next to me. It's beautiful. Um, they'll print any card in the game. So obviously, FUT21, early game. If you find a meta player you may like, maybe that's who you go after. Um, but yeah, you can get any player in the game. You can make yourself on the card. I have one of myself right here on MLS Player of the Month from last season. Uh, and yeah, so they have any card that you could want. If you use the promo code FUT live at checkout, you're going to get a discount on top of it. So high quality and for reasonable price. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. Cardsplug.com slash FUT live or cardsplug.com. Go to checkout and use promo code FUT live. Check out high quality card and just so customizable. You can get really whatever you want. Um, and let me tell you, the FUT 21 card designs that have come out so far are beautiful. So get yours today. Like 1.5 million or so. So I had Sané, uh, Firmino. Most of my my coins went towards my defense, to be honest with you. Varane, Mendy, Ramos. Uh, I forgot my right back. Uh, but I had... Uh, who did I bring in? Firmino, Lewandowski, Sané. I forgot my team entirely. But it was it was like 1.2 million, something like that. 1.4, 1.5 million. And generally, that type of team in week one would probably... You would probably out-team people for the most of the games, at least the first 10 games. But this time around, I think almost eight out of the first 10 teams, I was out-teamed. Every single one had either CR7, Mbappe, or Neymar, one, some type of combination of those players. And I can tell you, CR7 alone, alone caused me so many issues because he he's, he's such a glitchy player. Like every bounce back goes towards him. Again, I don't know if it's because of the extra coins from Division 1. I don't know if it's because of the extra, extra coins from placement games. But I will say that teams this time around are so, so good that I, I feel the need this time to go and actually make a really, really good squad before going into Weekend League. And I don't know why or how people have such good teams this early um, if they haven't just spent quite a bit of money on the game. Rob, I think you had a few ideas if you want to share. I yeah, don't know I mean, on, on Twitter, I had said that Obviously, last week I had, or maybe even the first, literally the first episode, I said it, but it was too early for the sample size. But I felt like this was going to be the most pay-to-win um, FIFA that we've had, which obviously the drop back comes into play, and, and maybe that negates some of the pay-to-win because similar to that drop back counterattack team that Felix saw, I mean, it had it was a similar team to mine. It had in Diddy, um, it yeah, had like yeah. Rodrigo and stuff like that. Like it was just a it was just a meta prem team. But overall, I think outside of maybe talented players that also play drop back uh semi-talented players that play drop back it's i still think it's the most pay to win i mean even upgrading your team from meta cards to some quite more expensive meta cards like in my case like i bought bale i bought um courtois net but like even then like saha and lucas are kind of higher tier meta at least at the start of the game feeling the difference between my team then versus now is is, is huge um so i don't know if people are like Okay, I kind of like this game. I think overall, at a high level on Twitter, I mean, very we talked the nipple effect, the very small world that is uh, FIFA Twitter. Um, people were generally positive with the game, at least at the start. Obviously, there's some fixes, but overall, it was a general positive feel on a release. 
more more even past the honeymoon phase that we have for every FIFA, where the first week's going to be good no matter what. Um, overall, I think even leading up to the first week in league, it was an overall positive feel. So people are like, okay, maybe the game has some structure here. They felt the pay to win. They're like, I'm actually going to put the money on. They were maybe hesitant to put the money on. Like I'm talking like outside your pro players, maybe outside like your elite one players, stuff like that. So I thought maybe more people were spending some more coins. Um, and then obviously last year being such like a down year, I think most people kind of quit on FIFA roughly after team of the year pretty fast. I think one of the fastest we've seen in the past. So someone who maybe would spend 12k a promo had saved all that last year. And now they have they had it saved, they had it allocated to FIFA already, it's their money. I don't want to get into that because I see that all over Twitter too with content creators. It's their money, they already had it allocated to FIFA. They didn't end up spending it last year, so they actually just went hard right off the bat this year after playing a week or two and feeling it was a good game. Because I think even just seeing Twitter, the teams from week one and a half, we'll say, of the game being out to the first weekend league, the teams jumped so much. It wasn't just people who spent, like you guys did very much, you guys did it the smart way, where you put it all on right at the beginning, regardless of how good the gamer is or not, because you knew that was the way to make the most coins out of um, what you put on. But I think people actually gave it some time and then went hard on coins, cause, or FIFA points, because they actually felt the game was good. That was what my thought was, but... You could have a point because the market has been crashing like crazy. I mean, it's I've never seen it get this cheap this early. If you guys have seen some of the gold players, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's gotten it's so insane. cheap. Yeah, like your Valver. I don't know what he is actually now. I, I just picked him out because I remember he was super expensive. But like, like you're, you're basically you're talking about your like what I'm talking about your 83 to 84 meta cards. Yeah, Valverde. I think I sold him for like 60, 75k a week ago, and he's 23 and a half now. A lot of even Mane, Salah, Sal- yeah, all and, and even yeah, some top tier players. I mean, well, they went Mane's down. Graphier. I think he went down a hundred thousand in a week. Like Mane was what four hundred something. I think he's three thirteen today on Xbox at least. October tenth, Mane was on Xbox three seventy five. Okay, so he's been about. He's um, about- but even then, October eighth, he was just at four hundred k. So in two <laughs> days, he dropped twenty five k, and then in ten days since then, he's dropped about seventy five k. That's insane. I've never seen a market crash like this this early. I don't even know what. And he was that, three. And that's now. He's yeah. He was three forty two yesterday. So he dropped twenty k in a day. Maybe your theory is right. People just waited to open packs or something. I don't know. It's it's definitely a good theory because I personally have never seen the market crash like this. I've lost so many coins on my team just selling it off. I all this down two hundred k in ten days, and he's god. If people are waiting to open packs, then surely the prices should be going up, though, innit? Because opening packs means coin injection. I, I would say so for, like, the top, top-tier players. Maybe that's why Ronaldo's only, only dropped 200k, because given he's 1.5, that's not a huge percentage drop. Um, For the beginning of the game, obviously, prices are so expensive at the gate. But for your, eight, like, I'm talking, like, your 83, 84 meta cards, your Valverde's, oh, yeah, yeah. your Lucas, those are going to crash a lot. Um, which is, I think, what's seen the most crash. I mean, we talked about Mane crashing 100k on a 300. Now he's a 300k player, so he was 400k roughly. He's crashed 100k. That's a, obviously a pretty big percentage, but that's like a, a still an affordable one. I don't think your your Ronaldo's and your top tier icons, I don't think, are going to be hit by the market crash that much. I think those are the cards that go up when people start spending I mean, a lot more money because yeah. they're not getting packed. But in, in this market crash we're having right now even cars like cristiano ronaldo got affected massively the mbappes the neymars they got so much cheaper let me let me actually check what cristiano ronaldo's price is right now i was pulling up for me because i just bought him but he he's kind of steady dish 
Yeah, he's he's dropped forty k though, and when you consider he's only one hundred twenty k to start with, forty k is a massive uh, drop. These are going to keep dropping because you've got Ultimate Scream coming out this weekend, right? This Friday. Yeah. Yep. So you got Ultimate Scream coming out, Team One. I believe they're probably going to do two teams again, like they did. Did they do that last year, or did they only do one team? I think it was just one. I think it was one last year. Yeah. I but you'll, yeah, most likely going to have two teams like they've been doing. Yeah. So. I think the market's going to be – I'm curious to see what players they'll pick. Um, there's a few that I hope do, like Marcelo. I hope Marcelo gets a nice boost. I hope uh, a few of the other guys get a nice boost that they weren't in there last year. So it'll be interesting. But, uh, man, I guess there's more options to to use this year as far as gold uh, cards for, for my team. I'm thinking about bringing on Mane maybe as my left wing. Mane is um, very good. Yeah, I've, I've used, I'm using him. So I might bring him on. I don't know what team to make. I'll have to go to the drawing board. I like I said, I probably have like one and a half million coins, maybe two million coins. I'll have to see what I can make with that because I can't drop it all on Ronaldo. If I do that, then I only have eight hundred k left to go around for the rest of the squad. Yeah, Ronaldo's one point three mil. When I yeah. bought him, it was one point one point five. He was yeah. one point seven in between. Like this is a crash from top to bottom. Like, I don't yeah. understand why. It'd be interesting. Neymar has it, really. Neymar's held steady because so they hit. So you hit your original rise. Obviously, the game comes out. They yeah. sort of low the first two days. Then they rise when everyone gets the game stuff like that. He crashed then, but ten days ago, which I mean, we were talking ten days. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when the game's only been out three four weeks, ten days is quite a considerable amount of time. On October tenth, he was nine hundred k. As of right now on Flip, and obviously later in the day, so who knows how much he fluctuates on a on a 24-hour period, he's 895K. So he only dropped from 902 to 895 um, in 10 days, where, where the player I just had said with like uh, Firmino had dropped 40K in 10 days, and he's only a 100K card to start off with. He was 120K bottom four. 80. Uh, Mbappe, let me pull him up for here. Because those Cause two actually did drop a ton, which is surprising. Well, here's I don't the know thing: because so, uh, Mbappe and Neymar are linked to each other, they've held. That's what, but, yeah. So I think that people buy them in in combination with one another. Whereas Mbappe is more expensive than he was ten days ago. Yeah, so I'm guessing a lot of people have turned to buying Mbappe or Neymar on their team, or start yeah, off where with the complaint is Ronaldo doesn't link to anyone good. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why they've held their their market value. I mean, they're they're the best duo on the game if you're looking to build the squad. Or every single person who wants to sweat it out in weekend league uses those two players together. So that's why my original you know, plan was to boycott them. But man, am I at a disadvantage. It's crazy because last week I just said, said, you're like, it's the most pay-to-win year ever, ever. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. There's many options that you can use. And here I am like, I need my five-star skills. I need my last to go. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Five-star skills is last year's five-star week foot. Yeah. I mean, have, have you guys watched Tactic Jukes play? Nope. No. Okay, so there's two types of FIFA. Me and Stallion were talking about this. There's there's the type of FIFA where you're just glitchy as hell. And what I mean by that is like you've got you use all the speed boosts, all the skill moves, everything to beat your defender. And then you've got your other type of player who's, who's like a more of a football. You're watching more of a, a football purist. I don't want to say purist, but you know, like waiting for for lanes, making the right passes. I would say someone like Aubrey, like he would be the perfect person who you'd want to watch that doesn't abuse skill moves or anything like that. He just plays he just plays wonderfully. Like if if there's I mean, someone, he, he does use skill moves. He just uses different oh, yeah, yeah. skill moves. He uses the more the power based skill moves rather than the right. But he doesn't he doesn't like try to abuse game mechanics. Is what I'm trying to say. Like he plays, he plays more of a passing game than than an abuse mechanics game. I would say, like he he does well. Um, 
if you watch Hectic Juice, the way he plays, dude, he, he obviously got a 30-0, but I mean, it's all reaction-based. It's insane. The, the super-canceling croquettas and things like that, those are all with five-star skillers, and I feel like at such a disadvantage if I don't have that. So I don't know what they plan on doing with, with five-star skill moves, but I know one thing is the speed boost with the L1 or LB trigger speed boost is solid with, with people who can dribble, but like that's the only thing that you have. Uh, you're missing out on the scoop turn. You're missing out on the elastico. You're missing out on, gosh, I don't know the uh, what is it? Is it the Burba spin? Which one is it? Mickey spin. Mickey spin. You're missing out on that to change the directions. I just wish they had improved left stick dri left stick dribbling so much more, so that we don't have to rely on skill moves to change directions. Like you should be yeah. able to left stick dribble in order to change directions quickly. And and nerfing that. I don't know why they did it. Maybe, as we've said before, it's because the 99 cards are going to be coming out in a few months, and that's when left-stick dribbling is going to become so much better. Yeah. But if you don't have Neymar, there's no left-stick dribbling. Or if you don't have Mbappe there's no, or CR7, you can't left-stick dribble with half of the players. So I hope that does get better. I know people have been saying to use R1 or RB, the agile dribbling. I can't get a hang of it yet. So I'm going to have to see. I'm going to have to practice using that. Have you guys yeah, used that, that was something I wanted to ask you, the RB dribbling. I haven't used it. People are saying that you have to utilize it in the box more if you if you want to create some space. I haven't yeah, used yeah. it. I'll, I've been I'll practicing. Try. I've been I've been trying to spam it, especially like I said, I'm playing on much worse people where I'm uh, going to score no matter what. So I might as well try to take advantage and practice some new things here. And yeah, no, it 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 can. I I mean, I was dribbling like I was holding the ball up with like a Diddy with it. I but think I, it, it will help you, Joey, if you think of it in in a way that would be similar to the drag back from previous years. Yeah, you can, I, you can very easily just go backwards and then to the left, backwards to the right, just to change direction to send the defender in the box. That's the way I use it. Or what works as well is when when you're carrying the ball with a CDM, a cam, or something, and you're not in a situation yet where you're trying to look for a finish. Just go back and forwards really quickly because it creates that little moment of hold up where it confuses the defender. I, I don't think I've. I've done it a lot this weekend, to be fair, because I keep forgetting. I keep going into old patterns, but that'll come. I'll I'll try and show you when I when I stream next. I'll try and do it more to show you how I use it. Oh no, Maybe I know what you mean because I was putting that in my head when I was trying to do it. I was like, I remember Felix saying, "Use it like a drag back," and I was trying to do it. It's just I feel like I'm getting swarmed the second I get an ounce of space. I feel like the AI just swarms me and then gets an auto block. They just if you guys look at uh, Lucasinho, his his twitter page there's a video that he has out with van dyke just absolutely so he he with his player he turned to make a shot the ai ran to cover the lane and made an auto block it, it was yeah, I've, I've seen that. so that's what i'm struggling against it's like the second i have an ounce of space i don't know how i can get a shot off before getting suffocated and it, again it might have been because i wasn't using a player that could dribble in the box i was using Lewandowski, so you know granted that could have been an issue. I'll, I'll see what I can do with someone who can dribble a little better. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. But I've been thinking – I actually, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this. How uh, – and I have had coaching from, from analysts last year, but it was like late in the year. Or was it – I don't know if it was FIFA 19. I think it was FIFA 19. Was it FIFA 19 or 20? Do you guys remember? No, you tell me. I think it was 19 because I think you mentioned it, it last time he was it on was in 20. 19. Yes, you're right. It was 19 because I, I actually got coaching from him after I hit Elite 1 to see if I can just take it to the next level. I'm curious what you guys think. 
Do you guys think coaching could take someone from an elite three level to like that next level? Do you guys think yes. that's actually, you really think so? Yes, absolutely. Why? It, sometimes it is really, really helpful to get an outside perspective and to have someone point out your mistakes or point you in the direction where you need to be doing better. And that's all you need is a little kick in the ass, essentially, to get you on the right track. And then, I mean, it's, obviously, it's on you to implement that feedback and to make the changes and to actively practice and, and try and do better. But I genuinely think it can help, yeah. I would say yes as well. Because I think, I think at times, regardless of how much you're open to change, changing how you play, like, Joey, you say all the time, like, you, you, you watch other people and you really actively try to change. It's so, once you get into the game, outside of your formation, um, and like custom tactics, it's very hard to change how you attack, how you defend, um, without someone else sitting there and like circling it for you and pointing it out. Like it, the people that are most open to change still struggle to actually change what they're doing, and and that was something I've struggled with at FIFA. As I I play I've played the same way from 17 do I do till at 21, and and obviously some some FIFAs is works, and that's why some I think why people like certain FIFAs over other FIFAs is just because their play style that they've stuck with every single year, regardless of how the game's changed. As it just works on us, some FIFAs versus other FIFAs, like narrow people that are the four and two and two spammers that from 18, FIFA 18 hasn't really worked in 1920s. So all of a sudden works again in 21 and all of a sudden 21 is like the best game of all time. So I, th I think people are so stuck in their ways that even if they're not stuck in their ways, it's still very hard to actually implement it inside the game once the game actually kicks off. So I think that's where a coach really can take someone to like a whole different level than they're at. I'm, I'm curious to see where I can get if someone were, I, I reached out to Lucky. Who I think did he get a twenty nine and one? Yeah, yeah, he did. I actually wanted to have him to play me because I have such a stale attack, man. My attack is so stagnant and boring. I can't create for the life of me this year. And what, it's crazy because everyone is saying that the attack is where they're succeeding more. They're like the attacking AI is so much better. I cannot figure out for the life of me why I cannot create this year. I Do you know on on average about how many goals you scored this weekend, or how many games there were where you didn't score at all? Against good players in my last few games, I, it ended up one nil with me winning. Okay, that can't. I think I feel like I should be scoring way more. If it was last year or the year before, I would have been putting two, three passes because it's it's the same people. Like you, it's a lot of the times you play the same people you've played the past few years at your level right yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you come up so i know these these guys from the previous years i've i've played them and beat them multiple times at at score lines where i would easily just cruise i was legit legitimately struggling to the point where like holding on to a lead with team press and things of like that the second i got a one nil I, I just couldn't score again i don't know it was it was crazy it was it was i've been having a lot of difficulty granted yeah i've had a few park the bus games but just in general just people who can even just not even defend that well. I can't seem to create. I don't know what it is. I, I definitely need someone to look at my gameplay. Yeah, you're one of the only ones, to be fair. Um, I know. That I've seen struggle. In, in 29 of the 30 weekend league games I've played, I've scored, I've scored two or more goals. So I'm, I'm not struggling there. My, my problem is defending counterattacks more than anything. And that's where I've been, I've been able to actually defend well. Like, I'm defending... I'm not going to say I'm the greatest defender, but my defending is far better than my attack. I'm able to stop counterattacks here and there. It's the one or one or two that end up working that end up screwing me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. for the most part, my defending has been okay. It's the 
attack it's so stagnant and again i don't know if it's maybe because i was just switching formations all the time or trying to i don't i'm not going to blame my team that's not what i'm going to do because people are are able to score like crazy this year with some of the cheapest teams so i'm not going to blame my team but i think i'm going to reach out to lucky to have him to have him break down my my gameplay because i can't do anything this year on the attack which is weird maybe i'm not utilizing the the directed runs enough but I don't see anyone. No, nobody them uses anyway. them. I've not faced anyone who uses them. You you rarely even see the the lock on runs. Very few people use them. I recommend you watch Impacts more because he scores for fun. He genuinely scores for fun. He scores so many goals. It's outrageous. He's getting yeah, defensive think... goals, but his attacks are unstoppable. He's cracked with this game. Is he? Uh, I need to watch someone who isn't who I can. I guess replicate. You know what I mean? Like I can't replicate text. It's text. Oh, you 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 won't be able to replicate impacts either. I don't think. Yeah. So that's the thing. I can't. He attacks so fast. It's crazy. That's what I need to do. I need to learn how to attack faster. I think I'm attacking too slow. But even, even if you watch some some of these players that you won't be able to replicate, you'll still be able to take a few things away from their gameplay and implement it into yours. It's not about replicating. It's just about taking little things here and there, and then finding your your own playstyle with these things. Yeah, I guess. I'll, I mean, I've been checking out his stream just recently, uh, as of today, but I'll see what I can do. I've been watching um, John Oliveira from Foot Fanatic. He's, he plays really from well. From the Revolution, me. please. From the Revolution, yes. <laughs> My guy. My guy. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching his, his stream over the weekend. He plays so patient and calm. Like, that's someone I can try to at least put implement into my game, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I'm definitely gonna reach out to somebody to to look at my gameplay this year. I think if I can't fix my my attack in the next few days, hmm. but I played I played a pro player and I that game ended. I told you guys the game ended four three, but if I play someone else who's who's at a less level, I won't score as many because of the way they defend. I don't know if 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 playing players from eu is going to help you though because connection and stuff is going to be awful i know it's not going to be the best connection but i think it'll be i don't know i'll see i'm going to ask lucky to play play a game against me and see how it goes regardless if it's laggy or not let's just see how it how it ends up uh end up going and get FIFA feedback he plays a very direct style of fifa like i've been playing squad battles co-op with him on ultimate difficulty which i know you're gonna you're gonna say oh what the hell am i hearing like i've been <laughs> shitting on I'm, I've been shitting on squad battles non-stop <laughs> and how much I hate it. It's honestly is so much fun in co-op. I could never sit there by myself and play squad battles against the AI. I'd literally want to stab my eyeballs out from, from boredom and frustration. It's actually so much fun in co-op. Just You get to play as two, you get mad points because ultimate is easy to beat if you know what you're doing in, in co-op. You just need to abuse the wings, essentially. Just ma make the runs with the strikers out wide play it in behind, and then the other guy controls the guy in the middle, makes a run. You can easily score so many goals. The problem is defending against them because, boy, do they cheese you. It's, I was, it's been actually great. I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah, We're on track to get in top 20 as well, easily. Having someone to play with as always, I wish two-on-two two weekend league was a thing. That'd be great. I'll say that as well. I'd, I'd love a separate, um, not, not even just weekend league, just a tournament mode that is co-op only. Because in Rivals, it's kind of, I don't know, not for me. But if they brought back like DKT-style tournament or co-op draft even would be great. Why is it Rivals on friendlies and squad battles only? 
should have been everywhere. Well, maybe not in in weekend league. To be fair, where you, I don't know. It's it's just different than it weekend league because of the the structure. I don't think there'd be a place in the current setup for co-op because it would yeah. be a bit cheap for people who don't have someone to play. Yeah, if, if weekend league didn't like to have all the rankings and all that stuff, and and maybe there's a separate co-op weekend league, that yeah. would, I think that that would have been more. Yeah, effective. I'd be down for that. In its current state, I don't think you could have had it. But it's actually fun. Like I've I've been reluctance to play a co-op rivals because of the, the nature of rivals and uh can be super eight mm -hmm. but this squad battles thing is actually class like i, I enjoy it a lot and i it, it takes a while to adjust to each other's play style to figure out how to beat the ai it took us a couple of games but i think i think we're we've warmed up now and we're smashing it pretty well but um that i just remember that because you you were saying about asking lucky to play you he's got very direct play style with many through balls um through the middle as well, but it's open through balls. It's not the easy through balls. He actually plays the passes that are on. He, he does a lot of skill moves, dribbles a lot. He, he's he's very fast attacking. He, well, he's good. He's good on the press as well. And defensive switching is good. That's what I need. I need to speed up my attack. I think. I think I attack too slow. Yeah, sometimes I feel like that's my issue as well. But I, yeah, I, I wonder if you want to try this pass it back and literally reset from the start against Park the Bus just to see if it actually succeeds in trying to get the defense to come up the pitch a little bit more yeah it might work i mean I def it's definitely good in theory i just feel like playing slower allows people to set up their their uh deep line you know what i mean like it sets up their defense if that makes sense yeah when, when you keep the when you keep the ball they just they just you know naturally sit back yeah, like we talked about, even without drop back. Yeah, like Especially the 4-2-3-1 is the biggest case that we're talking about in the Discord. Is, um, some of the Discord gotten rage messages during Weekend League saying, like, oh, how, how can you play on drop back one depth? And he's not. He's playing, like, five five depth, six depth, and he's just using the 4-2-3-1. So he's like, I'm not going to force you into... He's like, if I, I either let him make it look like I'm dropping back or I attack really heavily and you get counterattacks. So... Um, and especially like a, a formation like the four two three one looks very heavy. Even like my my three five two, um, if if I do let my opponent have a little bit of possession, um, and they they don't take like advantage of on the counterattack and they start passing around a little bit, it it becomes a five two one two very fast. Um, and, and it looks like I'm sitting like the center backs are sitting pretty far back, and and the midfielders look like true left backs and right backs instead of left mid and right mid. So just the nature of the game where they pass you pass around a little bit too much and all of a sudden it looks like your opponent's on drop back so but you can i think obviously good players can tell when they're actually truly playing against drop back and and stuff but it's tough with that do you play on hug sideline by the way rob no i do play stay wide though on the, okay. the mids i think aubrey plays on on hug yeah, yeah i do not have hug sideline but um i can actually does use this. we'll do i we do want to do um this if Aubrey listens to this, we do want to do a three-five-two slash just like formation podcast soon. Um, but yeah, no, I've... I want to pick his brain about like how he. I was telling Rob this, uh, Felix. So the way he he, I was watching his stream basically, and the way he approaches each game is so interesting. And I I wish I would do the same thing. Like he had Sterling coming up against Van Dyke, and he was like, I need to take advantage of that matchup. Like in his head, he's already preemptively said, "I need to make sure to outpace Van Dyke with Sterling." Like I love that that he's able to to put that in his head before even getting into minute one of the game after seeing the guy's team. I don't do enough of that. I just go yeah, in and I mean, it like it is. 
So I'd love to just ask him so much stuff about how he how he's able to like tell himself that before before the game. Yes, that's only one example, but like, oh, if he's gonna use a four triple two, I need to do this because you know, X is gonna be uh open during the game. Like I need to abuse the wings a little bit more if he's gonna use narrow or something like that, you know, little things. I think one of the things that really helps him is that he's an absolute in the nicest way and best way possible, he's an absolute nerd for stats. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's what I'm saying. He's an he's an analyst. He no he literally goes stuff. to goes to Foothead and puts in filters and puts in stats that he finds important and all that stuff and looks at what he puts out and then decides what player he could potentially like and he tries them out and all that stuff. And um, I was talking to him uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was was it before before FIFA actually got released? Yeah, it must have been like about a month ago or something. He was thinking about doing um, a spreadsheet where he puts in the formation matchups, like records what formation I'm playing in, what formation do I struggle against, what formation do I do well against using this. And we were discussing different data that you could collect, for example, specific player instructions you've got on custom tactics, the the game mode you're playing, the skill level you're, you're playing, goals scored, goals conceded, rage quits gotten, all that sort of stuff. And we were trying to, to make like a spreadsheet and do graphics of it, but I kind of lost sight of it, to be honest. But I thought that was a really good idea to, to help improve as well for, for people that I think it's more helpful at the super high level, at the competitive level, rather than um, for your average Joe, um, so to speak. Because there's going to be things in their game that they can adjust to do, uh, to do better against certain formations. Whereas when you're at the top level, then adjusting the formation you play might be the more the more helpful thing in that sense rather than trying to stick with the same formation and look at what you're doing wrong in gameplay obviously you need to do both but i think for the top level players these spreadsheets could be more helpful i thought I it was put together one right i saw it on twitter was, was it not him i was trying to look at his twitter to see if he, if it's yeah yeah he, he, he tweeted that out and we got talking like um we messaged back and forth and had a couple of ideas what stats you could collect and we're trying to find a way that like, i'm a noob with uh, excel and, and well someone and no someone actually like, put it stuff. together and, and posted a link on twitter this week oh, really? i just can't i can't figure out who it was off the top of my head and now now i've lost it but someone actually put put something together i don't know what was in it. i didn't ever click i didn't click in it but it was something to do with tracking weekend league stats um more oh, than someone, just like, like someone someone tracks it. It, was, it was trying to do that as well but it, it was a bit of a different approach he had but I think you, you could take away a lot from that if you look at that. This one I know had, the reason I brought it up is I know this one had like the formation of your opponent in it. Um, and like how, how the result, like instead of just the result, it had the formation. I just can't remember who it was. I was trying to find it, see if I could pull it up. Because I said those, they posted a link and said like, hey, free to use this if you want. Um, but yeah, no, I can't think of it. The, the one the other thing I want to talk about, we, we mentioned it quickly, but well, I think it was when you, when you were talking about friendlies and uh, Joey trying to practice against like someone in EU. Um, but how was connection um, for the weekend league? I saw some complaints here and there. Um, as per usual, you you kind of get especially with like the high volume times um, that we get. But overall, like how was it? You ready for this? I, I, I think I, I think I'm ready for this. I think I've experienced it surprisingly okay. Same. I thought I, I, thought, I think it's been great so far this year. I had a couple of games where it turned weird at some point, but in the vast majority of games, it was relatively good. Yeah, I don't think I mean maybe a few games at most I had a connection issue, but I mean nothing like last year. Last year, it's like if you were playing at a certain time, it was done. 
you couldn't play. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have a single game this weekend where I started the game and I thought, oh, this is shit. I can't turn, yeah. I can't move. Not a single game. There was like a handful of games where I thought at some point, well, I can't move anymore all of a sudden. This is strange. But there was no game that was bad from start to finish. And most of them were actually good from start to finish, which is really nice to see. So fingers crossed what yeah, you've done has actually worked. This kind of goes with what we were saying, I think, in the week one or week two, that the issues that they have honed in on and they've sent multiple pitch notes about seem to be actually f- fixed. We'll say fixed. I Obviously not 100%, but like overall, I felt that connection. I, I, I haven't had ping over 20 except for two games, and they're both friendlies, and they're both in like the, the new friendly live modes where it was, it's hard to find a game anyway. So I'm searching for five minutes and eventually find a game. I know the connection's not going to be that good. And it still wasn't bad. It was like 35 ping. Um, but outside of that, in, in any Rivals game, I have not had ping over 20, which, and it's actually played like under 20 ping, which is, um, I think, something a positive. And, and they've clearly addressed server issues in about every single pitch notes that we've had since the end of, I say the end of 20, when 20 died to now, when they gave up updating 20 um, to now, I feel like half the pitch notes have been about servers. So to see that they seemingly are better without having to add, like, just 50 of them, because they have added more, but they haven't really added more near me. Um, but my ping's gone from around 40 to around 20 every game. Yeah. I will say that I did avoid games that are in 20 ping. Those seem a little bit slower than the ones that are 11 or 12 or 13. <laughs> so that does make that little bit of, of MS difference does make a, make a difference, I would say. Yeah. But I'm around 11 to 19 is when I play every single game out. Yeah, as soon as I see it a little bit over that, I, I tend to avoid those games. Yeah, especially the fact that most games are outside of it. You can't, you actually can't avoid these games in, instead of just like constantly backing out and then taking like 20 minutes to find a game like it was in the prior years. Um, one thing I did see a rumor going around was that th- they changed the way the ping showed. So instead of the reason why it looks like it's less is that it's just your ping to the server and not your ping back. Does that make sense? Or t- yeah. So it's yeah. just your ping to the server, not your ping to your opponent, I should say. Um, or or the ping back. So basically it's half of what it really should be. So right. like if you I have... Mean, that, that would be eight, then only the ping to the server and not back. Yeah, is- so if you had 15, it's really 30 last year or prior years. I mean, maybe. I, I game, Again, all three... Well, I didn't play weekly, but I've played enough Rivals games and enough Friendlies games and enough Draft games. I haven't had bad ping. Like I haven't had a bad connection game. Even the little bit higher pings are slower, but they're not like they were in prior years. On just like Felix said, you start the game and you're like, "Well, this game's chalked." <laughs> but I think overall, it, it seems to be better in that sense. And and so I I kind of thought you guys would have the same reaction as me from watching Felix yeah, play. Yeah, and then Joey, you didn't complain like once about it. So I figured you guys would all be on the same board with that. So I want to point out a little bit of positive we can here and there, um, especially because they they actively try to address it in the we'll call it off season. Yeah. I don't really have much else. Uh, I mean, it's just weekend league. We'll see if the mark crash goal is to get uh, Aubrey, uh, Aubrey, not Aubrey, Aubrey on to talk about three, five, two, and maybe we can just bring up other formations. So if you have um, formations that you want us to talk about, or that you're thinking about trying, I, I saw you guys talk about the four, one, four, one. So maybe we can bring that up in different formations that are accessible. The four, three, three, two on how you play it, because I think, People from we, the start stayed away from the four three threes, but seems to be that one's useful. We can talk so about the full formation one to Mr. Aubrey as well, because he's been using that in the past. Yeah, I, I've used the four one two and two narrow, and then the three five two. Um, so that's really it I can talk about. 
Uh, I haven't really used anything else this year, just because I don't want to use 4231, because I find it boring. But um, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, there, there's then... one more thing we, we can talk about right now, though. Um, the Rivals cap. Oh, I did forget. That Never. happened so long ago, and was so everyone was on the same side on it that I've already forgot about it. But yes, let's talk, let's talk about that before we finish up here. Yes, because... so basically, what EA have done is, from the very start, they said, look, you can play as much Rivals as you want, but only the first 30 games of that week will contribute to your points that you know you get rewarded for, essentially. And after that, you just play for skill rating and practice and all that stuff. Which you can agree or disagree with. I'm personally leaning towards a site that I actually do not like it that much. Uh, I don't know why people should be punished for being able to play more. But, you know, it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. The big issue comes in with the way they handle weekend league and rivals. Because what they do now is they say, you have 30 games in total. You can play rivals at any time and get points for that. When you play a weekend league game, you get 400 points for that. So now we have literally Thursday and I don't know, Friday morning, if you will, to play rivals before weekend league starts to get our 30 rivals games in, to get proper points and not just the 400 you get to actually get rewards. So if you prioritize weekend league, and I don't know, on a normal Thursday, let's say you go to work, you live in the EU, you go to work, you get home at 6 p.m., you play, say, four games of Rivals that day, and then you don't play Rivals over the weekend because you're playing Weekend League. Now, you've played four games of Rivals, and the rest of your 30 games come from 26 Weekend League games that you get 400 points for. And it's just bullshit. I think it's the completely wrong approach. There's a couple of solutions they, they've technically had at their hands. It took me, like, three seconds of thinking to come up with something better than what they did, which, I don't know, like, I'm... I'm yeah, you stunned have at how three shit different solutions. Honestly, yeah. there's no other word to say. It's shit. It is yeah. just shit. What the first and most simple thing would have been completely separate weekend league rivals. Would have been an idea. Could have been done. Don't see any harm in that. Second idea is, you get thirty games of rivals no matter what. You can play them, and then if you play weekend league, and by the end of the week, when rewards are dished out, let's say. You play 30 weekend league games and you haven't played Rivals. Then through the week you play 20 games of Rivals. The way your points are then calculated would be those 20 games in Rivals where you get the normal points for and the rest will be filled up with however many weekend league games you have played. So in that case, 10 because 30 is the max. If you've only played 6 weekend league games and 20 Rivals games and you get 20 Rivals thingies and 6 from weekend league if that makes sense. That would have been a better solution. For example... I just don't know. I mean, the other solution would have been just removing the cap. Um, yeah, or or switching switching rivals rewards to Monday. Yeah, that um, that would have been a good idea as well. So yeah. if you want to play, so there's a couple different fixes. I, I'd say the reason why they don't want to unlink the two is because your casual or average player doesn't really have much time to play during the week. Hang on. So this way, if they only play, if you only have thirty games to play on the weekend, and you play them in weekend league. You kind of get double rewards for half the work. Obviously, you can't get to rank one because of that, um, because it's, they only they capped it at 400 points. I think a weekly game in Division One. That's just not even close to what you what you'd get. Um, so I don't think they want to hurt that. And I'm actually for that. I think I think the weekend league should count as rivals points. However, the way they've gone about it is just awful. I mean, it's just absolutely the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, um, they've done the worst possible thing at every stage for that. 
See, I'm in the same boat, but I'm going to argue just for on EA side this time. I think it just you need to cater somewhat towards the casual player because yes, I was able to pl- play 60 weekend league games, but that's that's a one off. That's never going to happen again. But someone like mm-hmm. me, who's a father who doesn't have as much time as normal to play all the division rivals games, and I have to pick between the two. I don't want to lose out on rank one because someone is able to play. You know, if they if they remove the cap, let's say they play a hundred rival like Ix Joey played a hundred and seventy rivals games last week, hundred and seventy rivals games with a god squad, so he's probably winning every single game. Meanwhile, me, if I can only play my thirty and I only win, let's say I don't know seventy percent of them, you know, I should still a casual should you shouldn't we can't think in the mind of people like us that have more time than the casual player. You have to cater to someone that doesn't have time. Um, it's just the nature of it. Every- well, I, I don't think so. My my thought was, I, I do agree with you, and that's what I was trying to bring up, is the fact that why Weekend League should count as rival points as well. Yeah. But I also don't think everyone's entitled to rank one, if that makes sense. That's what I think as well. So, like, like but- if you play 30 games a Weekend League, so, you, so, so you're you de- like a father, so during the week with work, you're probably pretty busy, can't play ten even 10 Rivals games a night, because that's just right. still a lot, that's still a lot of games. So right. you have 30 games to play on the weekend, your case 60 this week, but like that's a rare one-off. So you have 30 games to play. So this way, you're not punished by not playing during the week, so you still get some Rivals points, but re- most likely you're going to be in that rank 3 area, which you can't really complain about because you didn't. You only played two of the seven days of the week. Um, so I don't think you should be... Or I don't think everyone deserves rank 1 because if you only played 30 games total, I just think that everyone should have the opportunity if they want to play more. Because like once theoretically, after you finish Weekend League, there's now no reason for you to play from Monday to Thursday currently. Because you can't get any more points if you played all thirty, I assume. Assuming. I mean, the the only reason would be practice and stuff, but there's no no yeah. like reward for it in that sense. But if you're comfortable at your level, you're not really practicing during the week, or yeah. I mean, other than maybe objectives, but again, we've talked about like objective cards aren't really worth if you're at a high level. Like I, this, just all this does is really is punish high higher level players and especially your Division One players. Um, I, I get what Joey's trying to say. Like they're yes. trying not to alienate the the lower level players or the ones that don't have a lot of time. But I don't agree with this mentality of like spitting on your fingers and then wiping their bums. Just you know, like I, it's the, it, it's kind of the same. Like I can't go ahead and say, oh, I've not got the time to go to the gym four days every day, uh, four hours every day. I've not got like the energy to do that i've not got the motivation to do that but i still want to have massive muscles and i still want to be shredded and it's unfair that i can't be no it's not yeah but it can what you get out is what you put in you can't that's a bad comparison that's like health compared to fifa and and uh, you know you can't alienate those players just because every game caters to those types of players it's what makes it successful you can't alienate them just to make people like you, me, Rob, who, you know, play this more than the average person um, just to satisfy us. Like you, you just have to throw them a bone. Unfortunately, that's just how all of the game, now the games, that's how they work. World of Warcraft used to be a massively hardcore game. Um, I can speak from, from experience here back in like 2000, I want to say 10. So about 10 years ago, maybe even longer than that. I spent my entire summer indoors trying to grind for like uh, a certain title in the game. And that was the only, it was the most hardcore thing. We had to play like 10 hours a day for two months straight. So that no longer exists in that game because people were literally like living in their bedrooms. Like I was, 
when I was in, you know, a senior in high school at that time or whatever it was when I was transitioning into college, you can't have that mentality anymore. That's why games are slowly becoming more and more casual because there's more money made in that. So I get what you guys are saying, but it's just, yeah, I, I'm just saying, I think, I think, I know some people want to remove rivals points from weekly golf together. I don't think that's the answer because I do think you have to cater a little bit to the casual, but yes. isn't rank three, giving them rank three by also giving them what gold three in weekend league. So they get gold three and rank three by doing the same thing all at once. They only have to play half the games. Technically they don't have to go do 30 here and 30 here. They get rank three and they get gold three at the same time. That I think is, an, is, is casual or catering to the casual enough rather than saying casuals also deserve a chance at, um, t- uh, yeah, I see one. what you're saying. You're saying like, yeah. you're saying that you're still giving them something. They shouldn't get the yes. best awards, but at the same time, what if they only finish the 30 rivals games and only do only get rank one and rivals and don't play weekend league at all? Then what? Then removing the cap won't change that either. Will it? Yeah. The removing the cap would make it worse at that point. Right, removing the cap maker worse because they wouldn't be able to keep up with the people spamming Rivals games. See what I'm saying? I like, think, well, I mean, no, no, I think the, the I, well, is, I, I'm not saying remove it. the cap either. I'm not, I wasn't saying remove the cap. I wasn't for removing the cap. I was for changing the system around to, like we said, a Monday. So it's after, so the weekend league games count at the end of, right. of, of the the... So if you haven't played all 30, then you can your weekly games will still count, and you'll kind of know where you're going to be at. So if you haven't played all week, you kind of know where rank one's sitting at because weekly is not going to change um, the rankings too much. So I think I I don't think removing the cap is the option or is the way to go, um, but I also don't think what they have now is I think now is catering too much to the casual. Removing the cap altogether caters not to the casual at all. If we're talking about the casuals here, you're looking at the division. I don't know ten nine eight seven six five. Maybe even four guys. I mean, let's be honest. The way does it, does promotion it, it, it works right now, those, when you remove casuals. the cap, excuse me. I said I think the way the way uh, the rivals placements work, division three and two are pretty casual as well. Yeah, but if you if you look at that those divisions, I I obviously can't see like because I'm I mean in another division I can't see what the rank points for each rank are in lower divisions or whatever division it is. I can't see, but I'd love to know what it is because I. I don't think removing the cap really affects the low divisions where the casuals are that this is apparently meant for. Mm-hmm. Because the, the players that grind out games and like smash out 100 games per week, those aren't casuals, those aren't in the low divisions, and they don't get affected by that at all. Because the rank points you need for each rank are individual to each division. So it's really only division, I want to say maybe one, maybe even, well, maybe division two out of stretch. That is massively affected by this. What about... And when you're in Division 1, you're not a casual anymore at this point. So yeah. that's just unlucky then, I think. But what about removing the cap on games played but having a fixed rivals point system? So it's not it's not like... So like IX Joey playing 170 games getting 100,000 rivals points. I don't know what the, what the points are, but he doesn't drag up rank 1 for everyone else, essentially. Obviously not one player can do that, but obviously there's a bunch of players playing well over 30 games a week in rivals so instead of them dragging up the rank one and making it unattainable for the casuals you have now a flat um tier of rank one is going to be thirty thousand every week no matter what happens like no matter if people play less or more it's at thirty thousand each week so your people that want to grind the game and your hardcore players know they're going to hit that because they're going to play over 30 games and there's no cap um but if you're a casual 
you're like, okay, I know that needs to be achieved. That's fair because he, I'm I'm not getting screwed over because some guy's playing 100 games because he's in college or he doesn't have a job or something like that or is in a different part of his stage of his life where I'm very busy during the week. So he's not taking away the ability to rank one for me, but I know that to hit rank one, I have to do so-and-so. So like, basically it removes the cap, but puts a cap on how high rank one can basically become unachievable because I don't know what it, I, like I said, I, I'm going to pull up, it's not going to be a good analysis right now because of the time of the week, but to see where rank one's sitting now um, in rivals versus um, later. I don't know. I think that would help out. So remo- removing the caps on game played, but putting a cap on how high rank one can get for points wise. I don't know if that's like a fix all around for both casual and and competitive player. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. I I just think the the cap and the way we can dig um is taken into account for it. I just don't like it at all. I, mm-hmm. I think it's stupid. I don't know, Joey. Do you think do you think putting removing the cap on the games played, but putting a cap on the total points needed for rank one solves solves that? Yeah, or any that rank that would. Yeah, that would, because then you can just grind up until you get that. Uh, if you're trying to get rank one, you can just grind until you get that point total. There's ways to fix it for sure. I'm not saying EA did the best job. I can just see yes, why. Yeah, no, I don't think any of us were saying that. But right. I, th- I think you you brought up a good point that they do. Every game nowadays does have to cater somewhat to the casual. And, and we're seeing games. I brought this up in the, the chat, Fortnite. Um, even Call of Duty now, I mean, they came up with a new fun mode right now. But like before this before this week... Call of Duty was in a stage where some people were getting sick of it. Fortnite is dropped off massively from what it was a summer, even a summer ago. Um, and, and and what they did to cater to the casual was skill-based matchmaking. So if you're a really good player, you're never going to match up against a bad player. Because obviously if they have a casual in Fortnite who who plays with his friends, like he gets out of work and just wants to hang out and talk in Discord with his friends or something like that, kind of casual, just hops on for like four or five games a night, has a chance at winning now because of skill-based matchmaking obviously if there's no skill-based matchmaking odds are there's gonna be like one guy that's really good in the lobby and if that's the case or one team that's very good you're gonna hop on five straight games and lose five straight games um on a game like fortnite so games nowadays do have to cater somewhat to the casual and 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 that's kind of been the struggle and especially us who live in that twitter bubble that we've mentioned before the the nipple effect as nepenthes called it um we're obviously seeing the most complaints from the hardcore side so it's very hard to then pull yourself out of that and, and think in the mind of someone who only has time for an hour of video games a day, if they're lucky. Yeah, and they've relaxed the matchmaking in Division 1 as well. Like, I go in there trying In every to get, division. Well, yeah, in every division. So I go in there to get practice games in, but I want to say three out of the five times, maybe even four out of the five times that I go into play, I get someone who's like 1,800 skill rating instead of someone who's near me. So I'm like almost 2100. I'm I'm getting I play against majority people high 1800s, low 1900s. I very rarely come up against uh, someone higher or close to me. And that's in the yeah. same division with Division One. I'm in so my first game in Division Three, I was 1500 skill rating. After the game, I I just dominated my opponents. Like wow, Division Three like didn't get harder. 1300 skill rating. That's like a division and a half below technically. Obviously, like yeah, you're you're talking about 300 skill skill rating points, which is massive. Um, but at least they're all Division One players. I mean, there's still a huge gap, like we've talked about. It's so easy to get to Division One this year with the rivals placements. But I'm ta- I'm like I in Division Three, I played someone who's most likely bottom tier Division Four, if not Division Five. And that's that is I don't know why I don't know why we matched up. And then I don't know if you guys have seen the the zero skill rating glitch or whatever. 
I've but not. oh yeah, when somebody quits before kickoff. Yeah, and then and then it says that zero skill, and then it said their skill rating is zero. So I don't know why if it truly no, is zero. It doesn't count towards your thirty games as I thought it did. So that's quite nice because it happened to me yes. if they quit before kickoff. When when the games kicked off, I think then it counts, which is super aids because I think it should just be like weekend league when somebody quits a, at a draw, it doesn't count at all. But, or it, you know. or it gives you the max amount of points you could have earned, just yeah. so it doesn't screw you over. That's what, so that's what other EA games do. But yeah. but you know that that would reward the player for something they've apparently not done, and EA hate giving players things when they don't have to. Mm. So that, well, that then that brings in the because they don't know how to fix the no loss glitches every year. That that brings yeah. in the, the, the effect. Essentially, you could just no loss glitch each game, thirty games in a row, in and hit the max skill rating. Not part of the reason, or was that not the reason why Weekend got delayed in the first place? Because there was a glitch or something. We yeah, I don't think they ever said why, but there was yeah, two I theories. There was two theories going around. Um, was that they they weren't? I think the I think now seeing what they did to the rivals points, that was clearly what the reason why. I think that was why they delayed it, is they weren't sure, like they hadn't told us that rivals points count towards weekend or weekly counts towards rivals points. I think that's why they delayed it so they get that information out to us. But the other theory was that they had an objective in. I don't know if you saw this one. That was, this would have been hilarious if they delayed Weekend League just for this, but there's an objective in Milestones or whatever, and it's win 100 um, Weekend League games with a full rare squad. Yeah. Um, but they programmed rare to literally mean rare golds. So if you had an yeah. icon or an inform or, or any other special card that's out right now, um, flashback yeah. or anything like that, didn't count as the rare. So if you had one of those cards in, you just wouldn't have gotten access towards those... Um, that challenge or whatever, that milestone, so you could literally have gone 30 and 0 and been at 0 out of 100 for that. Yeah, icons don't count. I'm yeah. on 0 out of 100. Oh, they didn't fix it, it either, so that's not the reason why no, they deleted it. They, they don't fix it. I was going to ask, I meant that was going to be my next thing, was going to be, did you, are you guys progressed on that? No, like, that. that is broken. Could be the reason, bless you, by the way. Uh, that but, the mark is broken, you're saying? No, no, why they delayed Weekend League. Oh. I thought you meant because th that... Some people have uh, attributed that whole rare gold thing not being able to find it on the market because... Uh, and that's why the market's crashing or whatever. They can't find the cheapest player on the market. I thought that's what you guys were talking about. Uh, that, yeah. No, that's the whole different they, thing is why only like five players pop up when you're like... Yeah. Yeah. That that confused me. I almost bought someone super expensive. I was like, wait, why is he this expensive? And then I went up and he wasn't. So I brought it down. I was like, oh, there's still five people showing at this price. Yeah, right. Totally. You, you always have to pay attention to the minutes it's showing. When it's when it's yes. under, when it's like a minute left. When it's even twelve minutes left, thirty minutes left, suspicious. If you don't see the the like fiftieth minute or something as the first one to pop up, you can go a lot lower. Yeah. If the if the 50th minute pops up, I still back out. Like if I if I don't see the screen that says there's no player found for that. That's price, I literally have to go. You have to you have to go yeah. to that every single time yeah. now. I, I do that. I mean, I, I did that all the time anyway. But it's yes, just but... the way it is right now. Yeah. Do you think that's on purpose to screw people out of coins? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. Because like, I, what, I, what I is the reason for it? They, it's not like it's a thing before this year. Yeah, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, to be honest, because I don't want to call people evil when stupidity is a valid explanation. <laughs> You're you're not you're not mean. You're just dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm hoping. It's like when you tell like a bully it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like when your your son gets bullied, comes home, and they're like, no, no, they don't know what they're doing. They're just dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm another case of ea being incompetent there's this this twitter website like fifa 21 mistakes let me just mm-hmm. see where the count is at it was 57 cause... this weekend i think oh, days already yeah yeah i think they counted i don't i think he might have i i say he i don't know who runs it but uh oh 62 now um that's a four hours ago but they obviously pick they pick out like some real real small mistakes to cut uh, and then and then i don't they originally were counting mistakes on um, early access and beta and stuff like that, which I don't. You want you want to get technical whether that counts or not? Nah, that doesn't count. It's, that's that's where mistakes are meant to make. Like beta has mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if those count in the six. I don't know. They might have removed them because I think people are saying that. They've they've got um, their banner is a fan made in game tifo of Kurt spitting on the EA logo on a scarf. Yeah. <laughs> so that's quite cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just for good fun. I know the most recent. We talk about the most recent mistake because now it's funny. Is they added Chupa Moting into the game because obviously the Champions League cards got added today. No supply on them, but two SPCs that require them, so they're all extinct. Well, that's a whole different thing. You can do a podcast on the market, but Chupa Moting's card doesn't have a name there, so you can't actually search for them on the market. I would love to have someone who's uh like a I don't want to say a patron, maybe someone someone's really really good with the market. How they've been doing this year? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Like how the uh, a good trader has been. Doing. I'd love to have someone on the pod just to see. A tr- like actually, that's what I was going to bring up when we're talking about the formation podcast. We should do a trading podcast. We'll just sit there like wide eyed and dumb, but because none well, of us trade. But I'm curious, like, are they actually doing well this year? Because I feel like every trader has been blindsided by with how the market's been reacting. Like, every, I've, at the beginning, it was really good because I was paying attention to a lot of traders and I was doing well. But the past few weeks, I would say, not the past few weeks, sorry, the past week, I would say, they've been making predictions. Every single trader has been wrong. I haven't seen one single trader with with the right prediction of how the market was going to go. It's crashed every single time. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go all in on this player who's only crashed 10K the next day. I know Elite got lucky because he he didn't see it necessarily coming, but like right. he just didn't think he didn't think it was going to rise like other people have thought. So he 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 had just sold and just like held on to coins, which, it, which as a trader is technically losing coins if you're holding coins at some times. But I know he had he is one that kind of like saw sort of um, a drop coming or or maybe didn't see a drop coming, but also wasn't as high on the rising as some people thought. And so he just he just sat there and waited. But even he just tweeted out a funny gif of the market trying to decide what to, wants to do every day. And it's just like uh, up and down arrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, run the foot market. He asked for a stimulus package for, for <laughs> players because of the market crashing. He's like, we need a stimulus package from EA, minimum 75,000 coins each. But, but yeah, no, if you guys want to see a trading podcast, let us know too because um, we're not really the experts on that one. I mean, so much. I, I bought Martin's uh, book because it's actually insane. Just how high quality. It was so high quality. I don't even know if I'm going to fully use it and read it i just it was such insane quality i had to, i had to pay for it because it was so nice and then you obviously get access to a discord too for it so well may, that's there you go maybe we should he should be the one that we can yeah get i can on. reach out to him uh, i'm gonna reach out to aubrey or maybe felix can i'd love to have him on next week yeah, I'm, I'm talking to him regularly he's a bit under the weather at the moment so we'll have to see know, yeah, um, yeah. how he's doing but um he's already said as well he'd love to come on again if we can make it work yeah uh, so it's just about it's just about finding the right time but that is in the making. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get him on. I'm trying to talk to him when he can. We're doing that 100%. All right, then. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll definitely leave it there. 
Um, links to the Twitter down below. So DM us on Twitter as well if you have any suggestions for the formation podcast we can talk about with Aubrey. If you can come on um, or a trading podcast, give us DM us a trader or or any questions you would have for a trader um, that you'd want. Or maybe especially if it's like something like a Patreon, we can explain what what's the difference between a Patreon versus like the what you see. The trading advice on Twitter. I saw the funny meme. Someone said, "Like, if you want trading advice, just search fuck trader" um, on Twitter because <laughs> you'll see a, you'll see a thousand top one hundred traders. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, there is a difference between the Patreons and the free advice. So, I'd love to get um, a trader on um, that has one um, or something like that and get on. So, yeah, if you want to see that, smash smash the like button on anything and subscribe. I don't even really know. I feel like I was doing a YouTube video there. There's no like button on these podcasts, but leave a review. There is a review, and you give us five stars. That's like the like button. Um, but yeah, subscribe on all the podcasting platforms that you listen on. Till next time, we'll see you later. See ya. See ya.